If you have your Bible this morning, turn with me to John 8, beginning in the first verse. John 8, beginning in the first verse. The title of my message, If You Can Believe, and I'm going to be working that in throughout uh, the sermon. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now, early in the morning, he came again to the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery, the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that we should stone this person. What do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no other one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. In our text, Jesus is speaking to a a very sinful person. Uh, She had been caught, as they say, in the very act of adultery. A lot of people in our country today commit adultery. It's a terrible sin, but a lot of people do it. Uh, Jesus helps us in this passage to know how to deal with our sin and how to deal with other sinners. There are a lot of terrible sins, as you know. Uh, We're going to use this one for an example today. I believe Jesus was saying to this woman, You have had a bad past, but I still believe in you as a person. And I still feel like you can get your life together and really make something of yourself. All through the Gospels, Jesus wanted to trust people. Upon occasion, he was disappointed, as you can imagine. But his attitude was so important. Through the years, some people have wanted me to preach sermons blasting people uh, in church, the sinners. Uh, They want me to yell and pound on the pulpit and uh, all that sort of thing. I I don't do that. I think what we want to do is reach out and try and help. Uh, let's take a poll this morning. Does anyone here think that Jesus uh, thinks adultery is okay? Raise your hand. Don't see any hands. Does anybody here think that Jesus believes that cold-blooded murder or stealing is okay? Raise your hand. Well, we're all together. So far, we all believe like Jesus believes. Now, here's where the sermon gets a little sticky. 
What do you do with sinners who do those things? Should we yell at them and castigate them? Should we tell them every other day that they're going to hell? Someone has widely said, the worst way to improve the world is to condemn it. I think that line of thought applies to all individual people as well. There are many places in the scripture where Jesus lifted people to a new phase or a new stage of self-respect in their lives. He did this for women and children particularly. During those days, women and children were like slaves. They were just something to be pushed around and used. If people cannot be led to believe in themselves, in the long range, there really isn't much hope for them. Jesus once said, if you can believe, now that's the title of my sermon, if you can believe, all things are possible. That's a promise from our Lord in Mark 9.23. It's a promise for you and for me. That truth applies to any person in any situation. Belief in yourself is fundamental to anything working out right in the long term. This woman was caught, as they say, in the very act of adultery, probably a poor self concept. We don't know what all was wrong in her life. She might have been without any money. She might have even been without a home. She might have been without any friends. She certainly didn't have any friends there that day. Uh, You know, she, I'm sure, was having a real hard uh, time. Don't you think it's interesting that they never mention a man in this? I got some amens on that. It says she was caught in the act of adultery. You know, it takes two people to have an act of adultery. Well, in a way, I feel sorry for her, and I'm sure you do too. She's, uh, you know, she's got a lot of things uh, going against her. When Jesus took her side, rather than screaming at her about her sin, it surprised the people that were there who were provoking uh, the situation. I imagine she was real, real glad when Jesus walked over to her and spoke to her kindly and said that he didn't condemn her either. Uh, that, That had to be a very important moment, maybe the most important moment in her whole life. When Jesus said, You that are without guilt, Throw the first stone. It really caused a lot of quick reflection. People began to think, well, I have sins in my life. Maybe I shouldn't throw any any stones. Maybe they were thinking, uh, you know, he's personalized that. And all of us, of course, have sinned. Maybe I shouldn't throw a stone. When dealing with people... Throwing a quick stone or two uh, is never really the best solution. Be nice to people. You know, sometimes it's real hard to be nice to people. If they continue to cause problems, 
you know, you, you think, well, I don't want to be nice to him or her. They're causing problems. We, we need to be nice to people. I read about a man who went to his boss and said, Boss, I know your assistant uh, has died, and I was wondering if I could take his place. The boss replied, I don't know, but I'll call the undertaker and ask him. <laughs> Be nice. You know, that's what I'm saying. Be nice. I think verse 9 is very interesting. It says, one by one they left, the older ones first. I think that says something about wisdom, don't you? The older ones uh, had more wisdom. Uh, They knew they had sin in their lives. They were the first ones to understand and appropriate the uh, spirit of Christ in that particular situation. Forgiveness and love and affirmation is what Jesus was about then, and that's what he's about today. And that's what we need. We need that. There once was an old beggar who sat by the curb every day in the same place, wearing his old worn-out clothes, begging for money. Across the street from him was an artist's studio. The new artist uh, came in for a job there and noticed, of course, the first day, that beggar across the street sitting on the curb. And he went over and... uh, talked to him for a few minutes, and then went back to his office, and he began to paint that beggar the very first day he was there. When he finished it, he called the beggar over and said, Look at this. As the beggar looked at it, he didn't recognize himself. He didn't didn't know who it was or really what it was about. He just didn't know. He turned to the artist and said, "Uh, Who is that? Who, who is that? Well, the beggar just kept asking that. The artist smiled and said nothing. The beggar kept looking, looking at the uh, picture and finally started wondering. You know that coat in the picture, in the painting, it, it looks a lot like my coat. Uh, and he turned to the artist and he said, is that me? Well, the artist replied, that is the man I see in you. The beggar made a wonderful reply. He said, if that's the man you see, then that's the man I'll be. Sooner or later, we all become the person we see ourselves to be. If you develop faith in yourself, eventually your faith will recreate yourself. If your mind is filled with thoughts of insecurity and inadequacy, eventually you will become fearful and an anxious person. But on the other hand, if you see yourself as a person who has made some mistakes in the past, but who has unlimited power and creativity and possibilities because you are now a growing Christian. Your future looks bright indeed 
We all need a positive pattern of ideas in our mind. Be positive. You know, everybody likes positive people. Most people don't like a real, real negative person. You know, that gets old in a hurry. If they're always running down, making comments that cause disruption, that's that's not good. That is not good. Our minds are much like running water. They take the path of least resistance. It's so easy to see ourselves falling apart or messing up. Can't you just see that? Does that go over and over in your mind when you fell down, when you messed up? It's a little more difficult to see ourselves succeeding beyond our wildest dreams. But you know, it's great to have that idea in your mind. Plant in your mind a picture of yourself doing better than you have ever done before, emotionally, financially, relationally, and spiritually. Imagine yourself doing better than you've ever done before, ever. Your mind, as you know, will play tricks on you. It really will. Your mind will build up obstacles to you doing anything well. Your mind will sort of block that. Hold tenaciously to a good mental picture of yourself. Eventually, your mind will accept it. It might take a month or two, but eventually your mind will accept that viewpoint if you keep it in the front of your mind. And you will start becoming that person. I want to read you a poem this morning. The title of it is Thinking by Walter Wintle. If you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you want to win but don't think you can, it's almost a cinch you won't. If you think you'll lose, you're lost. Far out in the world we find, success begins with a fellow's will. It's all in the state of mind. If you think you are outclassed, you are. If you've got to think high to rise... You've got to be sure of yourself before you can ever win the prize. Life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man. But sooner or later, the man who wins is the man who thinks he can. That's the truth. That is the truth. Another thing we must all do if we are to believe in ourselves as Jesus believes in us is to try not to copy other people. Do you do that? Through my life, I've been around some real interesting people, and it's real easy if you're around them very much to pick up some of their traits, to kind of even, you know, talk like they do. I grew up in Chattanooga. I went to Texas. And I got a little bit of the Texas stuff. I moved to Georgia. I moved to Arizona. Moved back to Georgia. Moved to Plant City. You know, everywhere you go, you pick up some things. 
and you use some of those things and you pronounce some of those words that way. But try as best you can not to copy people. Be yourself. Be the person that God has made you. You. A lot of seminary students for years and years have tried to copy Billy Graham. Billy Graham uh, has preached to more people than any other person in the world ever. Billy Graham has led more people to Jesus than any other person in the world ever. Billy Graham, without question, is a great, great preacher and is admired and uh, all by everyone. Well, uh, seminary students tried to learn how he did all that. And they started preaching, you know, with their hand up in the air because that's Billy Graham did that a lot. And while they were preaching in their little country churches, if somebody started down the aisle to come forward, the seminary student would say, hundreds are coming, hundreds are coming, <laughs> when there's 50 people there. So, uh, you know, we do that. We, we kind of copy what some other people have done. Really, you cannot be better, uh, a better you. Uh, you. You can do that better than anybody else. Be you. In fact, you are the only person you can ever really be. When you try to be somebody else, you end up being frustrated and defeated. Michelangelo once bought an inferior-looking piece of marble, a great big piece. Uh, nobody else would buy it. Nobody else wanted it. It was kind of ugly. A friend asked him, why in the world did you buy that old great big piece of marble? Michelangelo said, uh, because there's an angel in there, and I wanted to set him free. He worked and he worked and he worked with a hammer and a chisel. And he carved a magnificent statue of an angel. Millions of people have seen that statue. The story reminds us of the fact that within each of us, there is a finer person waiting to be set free. It's in each of us. I believe there's another dimension in forgiving and forgetting the past and becoming a finer person. I believe we each need to be in a right relationship, obviously, to the Lord. That will help a whole lot. That's the most important step that we can take. The English scientist Huxley said that everywhere in England, deep within the soil, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of tropical plants. The seeds of those plants are right there. They have lain there dormant for years and years and years, just waiting on one thing, the proper climate. If the climate of England could be changed to a tropical climate, those seeds would immediately spring up and form into a lush, beautiful foliage. 
Do you remember a few years ago uh, when some certain Egyptian tombs were opened up? There in the tomb was a lot of wheat. And the people that opened it up thought, why in the world did they do that? They didn't know. Well, for 4,000 years, that wheat had remained in the dry darkness of those tombs. When the wheat was brought out and planted and watered, it produced a tremendous crop. Tremendous. All it needed was to be put in the proper relationship with the earth, the air, the rain, and the sun. If it had that, it would grow anywhere. When you or I come into the right relationship with Jesus, when the warmth of his love begins to surround us, and when his power begins to flow through us, the energy and capacity that has remained dormant within us begins to respond. And we start becoming the person the Lord wants us to be. I believe after meeting Christ, this adulterous woman who had a terrible past began to grow spiritually and developed into a lovely woman. I believe that. If you had a one-on-one with Jesus, don't you think it would happen to you? I mean, I'm sure it would. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Philippians 4.13. Paul also said, if God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.31. The Lord is there if you ask him for guidance in your life. You'll feel his warmth, his love, his acceptance. And he'll reach out to you in many ways, through friends, through a church, through the mission field, through the radio and television as they show uh, preachers, song leaders, what. When sinners, like each one of us, uh, can begin to move in Jesus' direction, the closer we get, the more We change. The most wonderful person in the whole world is inside you. Right inside you. Let that person out. Let him or her out. Let him or her do the great things that God wants you to do. Give your heart to Christ. Join his church. Become involved in that which would help you to continue to grow. To continue to grow in the likeness and image of our Lord. Well, if you're here and you have been kind of thinking about that. Maybe you've been thinking about trusting Christ as your Lord. He always does that, you know. It's it's hard to live in America and never be associated 
in some way, your aunt, your uncle, your grandparents, your brother, your sister, your cousin, somebody, the radio, the TV, the uh, little pamphlets that people hand out, the signs. You know, it's almost impossible to not uh, be in touch with something that's spiritual. For those of you that are here, you've been involved in God's Word. You've been involved in praying to the Father. You've been involved in understanding that the Holy Spirit can come into your heart and life and change you in the direction that He wants you to go. I hope and pray that you would do that today. Maybe you've been visiting for a while. Maybe that's been long enough. Maybe it's time for you to come and join and be a part of our family. As we continue to grow, the family has a bigger influence for the Lord. And, of course, we all want that. I'm going to stand down here at the front. We're going to sing a hymn. If the Lord touches your heart, slip out, slip forward, take a stand for Christ. Let's stand.